Welcome to Rock Nation Real Talk, brought to you by The Rock Center, located in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in, listening, and uh, watching this episode of The Rock Nation Real Talk podcast. And our guest today is Dr. Lucretia Berry, and she is the founder of Ronicity, an agency dedicated to advocacy, uh, education, support for racial healing, uh, and anti-racism. She's also a former college professor whose love of humanity led her to author What Lies Behind Between Us. And actually, we'll be talking about that a little bit later on. And uh, also, she is the anti-racism curriculum specialist for Community School of Davidson, North Carolina, and a contributor for Encourage.me and a TED Talk speaker and more. And now you can add to your list a guest on Rock Nation podcast. Yay. <laughs> I'm building we'll my resume. <laughs> yes, we'll see how much weight that carries. Uh, but uh, thanks so much, uh, Dr. Berry, for being on the program today. And uh, so, so I just want to ask you, you know, as we get started here, tell us a little bit about your organization, uh, Brownicity, and, and uh, how you got along this, this journey. Right. Well, Brownicity, um, I'll first say, is very learning-centered. It's a very learning-centered organization, and we serve our community um, um, where there has been a deficit of, of education around how uh, race and racism have worked um, in our nation. And so it was really born out of, um, the, you know, a need to be able to uh, support um, and, and build the capacity of people to have um, informed and healthy dialogue in a way that uh, allows us to participate in renewal, which I love what ROC stands for, renewing our city. So it allows us to be able to participate in renewal in very helpful ways. And so Brownicity itself is a made up word. I say that it's a word from the future and it's made up of um, the word brown and then Isity comes from ethnicity. And so it's an extension of our family conversation. Mm. I am African-American. My husband is white American, actually from Iowa, um, Indianola specifically. Um, I know, right? Yay. We met at Iowa State, go Cyclones. And <laughs> we actually met doing this type of work. So as we became great friends and then later were married, we've always had, had very... Um, and, like been very intentional about the conversations and the words that we used. We knew that our children being multi-ethnic um, would need to be equipped and skilled to be able to navigate our very hyper-racialized society because we knew that as soon as they walk out of the door, you know, people are going to want them to fit into these kind of binary mono-racial um, categories, um, which of course don't our family. So uh, essentially, we, we started our conversations with this, with the notion of being very comfortable and normal with our different skin tones. Like um, there's five of us and we are five uh, different um, skin tones. And, um, and our oldest at four years old observed that we were all hues of brown. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was profound because yes, yeah, she's right. Brown is the color of melanin. Mm -hmm. um, and melanin is what we all have, like someone who, who is deep brown like me. Um, I have more melanin because my ancestors came from a place that was closer to the equator geographically, and they would have needed more melanin um, to protect against the sun's rays. And then uh, my husband, his ancestors came from 
uh, a place further away from the equator because they would have, and they would have needed less melanin in order to absorb more of the sun's rays. So children can understand that, right? Mm -hmm. It is simple and it's truth and it's factual, you know. So that was kind of our foundation, um, not only an explanation, but even our approach to be very honest and truthful about why we look different and why phenotypically we look different. And then at, then when that's normalized, then we can layer on top of that, you know, the conversations and teaching and understanding about how in our country we've been uh, uh, kind of racialized into these hierarchies for mm -hmm social political purposes. Okay, so anyway, that's where <laughs> Brown comes from. And then um, Isity comes from the word ethnicity. And ethnicity means that which we have in common. And so our tagline is, we are many hues, mm -hmm. one humanity. And so essentially, Brownicity gives us the space to be able to have um, nuanced and complex conversations around um, what we look like and how we've been racialized and uh, without having to stick to kind of this dichotomy of, you know, black, white, good, bad, mm -hmm. you know, up, down. So we, it just gives us that space to be able to explore and create and imagine. So, yeah, so, so what, what are you seeing as far as, as trends as it relates to discussion about um, race and in these subjects you know what what five years ago today you know what do you see what oh. what are some of those things that you that you've been seeing and are seeing now and and uh, maybe towards well, the future well right now i see that people are becoming more aware that color blindness is not a viable um solution it is actually it sounds great in theory like oh let's right. we're all equal um however the truth is um the way that our policies and have been designed historically and the way that we practice socializing, we are not equal. And so when people profess colorblindness, it essentially kind of masks the discrepancies in decision-making and it shuts down any kind of helpful, um, you know, acknowledgement of, of what is going on. So it silences a lot of uh, stories uh, in favor for like a, maybe a dominant narrative that could be true for you, um, but not uh, for me. And so, um, you know, initially, like over about five years, because I, yeah, we, we started officially like five years ago, I've seen people being more willing to um, move beyond or move outside of or let go of colorblindness as their kind of shield <laughs> and move in to having um, more informed, conscious, um, and to, you know, more of a competence and a confidence to talk about race, you know, this topic that has been taboo uh, traditionally. And so it's been great to see that, that movement happen. Mm -hmm. And so people are moving from the whole, I'm not racist, to more of a oh, I get that I need to be actively anti-racist. And there's a difference, you know, between excellent, those. Excellent some way, uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, yes, I saw you going there. <laughs> right. So, so, I mean, I recall, and I thought it was a good thing to say, mm -hmm. hey, I, I'm colorblind. I don't see right. color. But, mm -hmm. but at least like saying too, you know, I, I don't see the fact that you're, you're tall. I don't see the fact that you're, <laughs> you know, shorter, or I don't, right, I don't see the fact, and and it, yeah, I understand kind of where it came from, but right. it's 
doesn't really add value to the conversation. That's right. You're right. Discussion at all. And, That's right. Uh, I, I think there's enough going on that is non-value added. Uh, we don't need to to throw in these other things that just the intention is there is value added, but it's right. but in reality it's not. And so yeah. it's it's being able to see those differences, right, and right. accept and understand and acknowledge, mm-hmm. and, uh, and go forward with that. And so yeah, my next next question really has to do around that subject of can I not just say I'm not racist? Is is that not enough for me to just say I'm not racist? And and so uh, so I will answer that by saying no, it is not enough. <laughs> Point blank, we must be actively yes. um, anti-racist. And I use the story. Um, I heard this. I wish I remember where I heard it, so I could give the credit there. But I heard someone liken it to um, how uh, maybe about ten years ago the deaths caused by drunk driving were significantly high, higher than they are now. Well, what changed? Well, there's an organization, there's mothers who organized and got together and created MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers and other organizations to address the same, the issue of um, deaths caused by drunk drivers. And so policies were, you know, enacted, practices were changed. Uh, We learned all, you know, so much about um, um, uh, uh, what happens when you drink and drive. I mean, we are so informed now about what happens with alcohol and, and driving that, you know, we can't imagine not knowing this stuff right. before. And then, of course, we've seen, I mean, like, you know, police officers give you the breathalyzer test. It's all of the stuff to protect um, uh, the society from the outcomes, the negative outcomes of, well, the outcomes of drunk driving. And we've seen the number of deaths, of course, decrease significantly. Um, and so like, that's, that's the difference. Like I, like we could have been like, well, I don't drink and I don't drive. Right. So, you know, what does that have to do with me or, uh, but no, like you, we organize and we enact, um, we put policies in place to correct, you, you know, behavior to correct practices. Um, and again, we've, we're even so educated about it. We even know, like typically people know the point that is considered, you know, too drunk or too inebriated to drive in their state. That's just how informed we are. That's the difference between being, you know, like non-racist and being um, actively anti-racist is that we make the changes happen versus sitting back saying, well, or believing that we're not contributing to the injustice. Mm -hmm. So somebody that, uh, you know, is is unfamiliar with addressing, not unfamiliar with the subject, but unfamiliar with Mm -hmm. Uh, engaging in conversation like this. Uh, I've been a part of some discussions where some individuals are just saying, you know, I don't know exactly what to say. Right. And I don't want to say the wrong thing. For sure. So, you know, what, what advice can, can you, can you give someone desiring to engage and enter into uh, the discussion right. in is just, just has some apprehension. Right. And I totally, yeah, I totally understand that. And because we've been deprived of language, you know, permission and a framework, I believe on purpose. So most people um, don't have the language or the framework or, you know, know what to say. Um, And so, and that's primarily why, you know, Brownicity exists as this agency that is focused on learning and building the capacity of learners to be able to engage in informed and, um, 
and healthy dialogue and action. So the, I would say- what, what do you mean about the uh, on purpose? What, what, what do you mean on that before you, you, you go forward a little bit? You said that you've been, uh, or that we've been- um, uh, Oh, deprived been, on purpose. There we go, that's-, that's <laughs> yeah, Okay. That's, that's that word. <laughs> right, no, 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 it's fine. Okay, so, right, so if you, so let's just take the colorblind right. approach. Like and that purposefully um, um, shuts down any understanding, any um, um, equipping through, you know, through the history. You know, oftentimes we don't know what to say because we have an ahistorical approach and an ahistorical perspective. We don't know um, the history that uh, of race in our country and how it was created and how mm -hmm. it was, you know, perpetuated with policies and, and narratives. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, typically, like, I think I went to kind of a, a I attended a standard um, school, you know, for education. And um, so those of us who, who maybe attended a standard formal public school or a standard, you know, public school who received an education, like, our even our, our history lessons and civic lessons and social studies lessons um, did not tell the story or did not allow us to learn the story of how uh, race um, has been perpetuated and racism has been perpetuated mm -hmm. throughout our, our, our nation's very young existence. And so we kind of get like this um, um, very superficial, watered-down understanding of how we got to this place. And, you know, generally people think, well, the slaves were freed or enslaved Africans were freed a long time ago. And then there was Dr. Martin Luther King, and then he made everything right. Okay, so again, okay, that isn't, that's not what happened. <laughs> and there's so much more, so much more um, that, it, you know, that's gotten us to where we are. So that's why I say that uh, we could, so for example, when I would come home from school, my parents would amend, I'll say that, they would amend what I was learning in school. So I had some more idea, you know, of what, of how we kind of got to be where we are. But if you weren't coming to my house or <laughs> you didn't go to the house, you know, if this wasn't happening in your home, you've been deprived. Um, of that. And I think that I, to a degree, I do think that that is on purpose because when people know, um, when, I'll just say this, when people find out, when they do take a course, like what lies between us, um, with the emphasis on lies, you know, when people do find out, they do feel betrayed. They feel betrayed. Um, even my high school students, now they are like ninth through 12th grade and they feel betrayed that they don't, that they say, how come we weren't already learning this in elementary school? Right. And so, yes, people are going to feel, like you said, very insecure about um, what to say and saying the wrong thing. And so my advice is to shore up your confidence with education. Now, I would say, um, you know, maybe five years ago, um, there would have been, uh, that would have, you know, been a challenge to find a place or find an organization or, you know, some kind of curriculum. But I feel like in five years, so much has like been developed or made more accessible. Like it's all been more democratized so you can have access to it, which is amazing because not everybody, you know, can, you know, take a semester 
and go to the university <laughs> to take, you know, a course, right? And, and again, that, that was my goal as a former college professor was to bridge all of the good uh, resources and information that I had access to and to, you know, bridge that to, um, you know, the, the masses or whoever is hungry uh, to learn. And so that helps, I would say, educate or learn, enroll, and that will, um, that will shore up your confidence significantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there is some, some apprehension. And again, we, we um, I, I remember um, part of one, one group on, uh, uh, on Facebook, Race and Grace, uh, a friend of mine, uh, JJ Jones, he's out in uh, uh, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And uh, he started this, this group called Race and Grace. Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, somebody had asked the question, you know, what do you want us to do? It was a, a, a mm -hmm. white individual uh, asking a person of color, what do you want mm -hmm. us to do? And really it was, you know, just want you to, want you to listen, want you to be authentic and mm -hmm. uh, listen and hear us and, and really, sh you know, share your, your feelings. But that's the thing there. It's about the authenticity. Mm -hmm. And uh, and again, just coming alongside mm -hmm. were some of the things that she was she was saying as well. Just coming alongside and and mm -hmm. uh, uh, being there with us and and for us. And so mm -hmm. I think that is there's there's some apprehension, but I think as you say, the more that uh, some of these myths about using terms like colorblindness and and people beginning to see really what what does that do? That just again that that shuts down. That's the hand hand going up saying, hey, I got this, you know. Um, I don't have a problem, and uh, in uh, in some of the continuous <laughs> world that I work in, as soon as you say I don't have a problem, mm -hmm. it's a clear indication that you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so um, along that line, you, you've you've mentioned it at a couple of times, and and, and I did as well. Uh, mm -hmm. The book mm -hmm. lies between us. So mm -hmm. uh, tell us uh, a little bit of, about that and your intention uh, sure. with, with the book itself. Right. And so what lies between us, technically, it's really a curriculum. So my background as a college professor is, is in education curriculum and instruction. And honestly, um, I feel very fortunate that I was able to take courses in anti-racism education. And actually, um, some of the lessons that are in the, uh, the book, in the curriculum, I actually are from my graduate school lessons. I just, you know, kept them and, and expanded on them. But essentially, um, our institutions of education, whether it be, you know, school or church, you know, these institutions that we rely on to inform us and teach us have somewhat, you know, have done us a disservice, like I said, um, regarding uh, race. And so what I designed through um, this curriculum is just this very foundational uh, apparatus of like, here's what you need to know about, you know, how race was created how it was perpetuated, how it's maintained um, systemically. And also you need an analytical lens, you know, you need a lens to be able to um, look at all of these things, um, you know, objectively, and you need a lens to see yourself, to see how you've been shaped mm -hmm. and formed by, um, you know, the, the very forces that have been at play for hundreds of years, because Oftentimes, yeah, especially if we are Christian, we think that, you know, our only influencing force is God or, you know, or our parents or something. And they're like, no, there's all of these other things that are at work and at play and have been put in place. Um, people are often amazed at um, 
how all of these things were written down. So nobody's making up anything. No one's falsely interpreting it. It's all policy, law. It's a, things are in the constitution. And then when you point them out and you're, and you're, and we help connect these dots, then, you know, people have these, um, aha moments. And so essentially I developed um, the curriculum based because, you know, people had questions. So people, well-meaning people, beautiful people um, said, now I know that these, some, this isn't, this is wrong or this doesn't make sense, but I don't understand how or why. And so my goal is essentially not to tell you what or how to think, but essentially just to um, give you these tools so you can see, um, like, again, how we've been shaped and formed and, and why, how, why things are uh, the way that they are. And um, with my background in education, I've scaffolded it, you know, um, for the beginner. So I call it a kindergarten course. I, uh, when I first created it, I saw that a lot of great resources were to me seemed to be for people who are already a little more advanced or already aware and on the journey, but there was rarely anything for someone who um, maybe was still professing colorblindness. You know, there was not something for those people. Right. Um, and so I wanted to do, um, create something for that. And then also um, what we do with uh, race and, and, and a lot of the, that maybe anti-racism materials and workshops, things that I attended. It's like we um, have people drink from a water hose. I mean, uh, yeah, like, yes. you know, and, and I would watch people and I, and, you know, I, I'd be in the room like, okay, well, I already know this stuff and um, it's a lot to digest. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to um, lay it out in a way that these complex um, issues and, um, and ideological ways of thinking about the world were broken down into digestible pieces. So it is scaffolded lessons that build on each other. We start with something simple and then by the time you get to you know, doing a power analysis, you have a better understanding of why that's even important. But if you try to start there, yeah. um, that all kind of walls go up for people. Right. Yeah. 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 Most individuals just aren't, they're not in a position to be able to right. deal with those things. Right. Yeah. So right. then yeah, you, you, uh, you lose them. Well, so, so it's just a, then you do a series of, of, uh, of classes. Is that how that works? How long does that go then if, as you work with that curriculum? Okay. So what lies between us essentially is, um, it's 10 chapters. And so the way that I pulled it together, you can do it individually. Like you could buy the book and then access the supplemental resources on the website. So it's, a, you know, kind of like a syllabus or, you know, you, I have all the resources on the, uh, like the videos and articles maybe you need to read or talks. Those are all on the website. And then the, um, the I'll just show it, like the book itself um, guides you through it. There's me, you know, you can hear my voice having a conversation with you. And then there's a part of it that is introspective, which is so important because otherwise, if you don't have this kind of supported introspection, reflection, you know, renewing, how you rewiring, then essentially you just pile, you know, new information on top of old information, but you need, your brain needs some help to process that. So that is what, you know, the journaling part is, um, is for and is about. So you could go through it on your own at your own pace, 
or uh, like my father-in-law, Pastor Dan Barry, he teaches live face-to-face courses. And I think he does that anywhere between five to seven weeks, depends on how you wanna break it up. Um, Before COVID hit, yes, here in the North Carolina, I do live face-to-face courses. But um, since COVID, we've taken it all online and we do virtual five-week courses and then it's like the you know like a revolving door like we do five weeks and mm-hmm. then those people finish and then we bring in a couple more weeks and then we actually have one coming up um we start one august 4th and so i think by the time this airs um the enrollment will still be open if people want to jump in to the course <laughs> yes and then uh yes so and then we have we have plans uh oh okay. area here uh sometime in uh, september hopefully september mm-hmm. uh, a, a live one actually with uh, with your father-in-law so yeah that that's is right plan, uh, anyway right. and uh, so yeah so so if we look at it from um, you know today I know the question is well well why do we have to know what do we have to know more about the past why can't we just begin today right <laughs> just start today mm-hmm. what's, what, what's the, the problem with that <laughs> I don't know how you would do that like how would you um, I but mean, do you I hear people saying that let's, well, I mean, yeah, I people don't, yeah, people don't want to, we don't need to hear about the past and that, you know, the yeah. past is, 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 is gone. Let's just begin today. Right. Well, you have to know how we got here. You, you, um, you have to know how we got here, know how things were made, know how things were put together so that you can begin to unmake them, you know, or, mm-hmm. or create something differently. Um, I think, yeah, like we don't exist in a vacuum. Like that's so unrealistic. That's like, I didn't drop here out of the heavens. Like not even Jesus did like, okay, I'm 33 now. And now I'm going to do all of the things, you know, there was context, there was culture, there was, um, there was a, a, a country, there was, there's all these things at play that culminate into the, where he was when he did his work and where we are where we're having to do our work. And all of that has to be taken into, um, into consideration. And then here's a, another, see, and maybe because I think of it this way because I'm a nerd, like I love to learn. And when you, when you look at the history of race in our country and, and my high school students get very good at this very quickly, you notice the patterns. And so when you see, oh, it's the same patterns over and over and over again, then you are equipped, right? to then do the counter to that, you know, pattern, to break the pattern. If we just didn't look at the history and we started right now, we probably keep on right. <laughs> recreating or perpetuating the right. patterns. And mm-hmm. so like, like my, I tell you, my high school students, they get it. They know um, these, these patterns. I, I can't go into them because then I'll just start teaching too much content and we don't have time for that. But I'm telling you, you want to know the history because that is empowering and that equips you. Well, and I think it, it, you put it in terms of, of cause and effect as well. If you don't, just in the, in the world that I often work in, in continuous improvement, uh, if you yeah. don't really understand the cause, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to be able to uh, mm-hmm. put in place a, 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 a solution. And so instead, then you're just dealing with symptoms. There you go. Never really getting to the root cause. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I liken it to, uh, you know, if we don't actually get to the root cause and make changes, that's right. It's like the individual that, that makes a cake, doesn't like the taste of it, mm-hmm. makes another one using the same ingredients, 
just stands outside the oven screaming, better cake, yeah. better cake. <laughs> it's, it's That's good. Work, right? Unless right. we have mm -hmm. different inputs. That's good, yeah. The outputs are, are, are going to remain the same. So that's, yeah. that has been a help for me of better mm -hmm. understanding historically mm -hmm. how we have, have gotten to. Uh, yeah. And same with, with any kind of generational or let's say any kind of disease, right? It isn't like if you just put, you know, um, like you want to see, you want to get to the root cause. Otherwise, you know, you can take some medicine, but the disease will keep manifesting. Um, in your body and unless you you know uproot the cause right what are some as, as we're kind of wrapping down what are some uh, uh, some practical mm -hmm. things that individuals can can uh, begin to do to take take it from mm -hmm. just the words uh, to to actually uh, mm -hmm. doing doing something well you know I, I always go back to the again learn 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 like the more you learn that will inform um, your action and it's going to be different for different people so for example I get to do a lot of work in schools so as an educator I'm going to teach differently I'm going to um, my content my curriculum content um, will not be one that reinforces um, the racist or the racial um, status quo as a parent uh, you know like in our family it began with um, having a different framework for how we explain humanity to our children and they, who they are and their place in the world and you know other people um, if you are a business owner it could be about your practices and who you choose to mentor and give opportunities or afford opportunities to to neighborhoods groups of people who have been divested or who because of our uh, racist policies have not had opportunities if you are an investment banker maybe you choose to be intentional about investing in places or investing in businesses who historically have not had the opportunity and again when you learn the history it becomes very clear and maybe yeah you might still need some help like uh because it's new but still at least you have the question at least you're asking um at least you're wanting to do something to make the shift versus you're just waiting on somebody to tell you to give you some steps like tell me the three things to do. Um, well, how will you know that that's the right thing for you, for your family, for your environment, unless you yourself become informed and have some autonomy and some, um, oh shoot, I just lost the word, agency. You need to have agency um, and that will inform, help inform your action. Your own agency, like you, um, some responsibility um, yourself. So sometimes also we, um, you know, we're, we, we want to abdicate our own power, our own agency and wait on like a leader, maybe a prescribed leader to tell us right. um, what to do. And so, for example, in my situation, like with, with my family, I, I wasn't going to do that. I, I still don't know who that is. <laughs> so as a parent, as a mom who wants my children, I want my children to be able to navigate you know, our, our society with some confidence, you know, um, and with some agency themselves, like they get to say who they are, not, you know, their friends tell them, well, oh, you're, you know, you're white or you're not white or you're black or you're not black or what are you? Like, you know, they walk in their own constitution, their own power, and they get to say. It. And so again, we need to, um, 
you know, allow ourselves to walk in our own agency and not just wait on someone to tell us uh, what to do um, and what not to do. Well, and I think in, in many cases too, we, we, we want to institutionalize things. Oh, there it is. We want to institutionalize it. So That's then it right. becomes the, the responsibility of this group to us or that group to lead us or as opposed to uh taking that that individual accountability uh response and so i think that requires um i think more so that challenge of evaluating our beliefs uh, and and uh, our behaviors and Mm -hmm. and i think um would you say that that is you find that a, a particular challenge or reluctance in people to do uh, yes, I think we're, we're, I think in our culture, we're, we're not taught to do that. Um, it's not normative, um, which is, again, why it's such a significant part of the What Lies Between Us curriculum. And um, I was just talking to my father-in-law the other day who said that people have a hard time with that part, um, with, okay, asking these questions and asking these questions of themselves, just because we're out of practice or we haven't had opportunities to practice, but it's so important mm-hmm. that we do that. Well, I think, and then creating that culture where it's okay to say, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because the, the goal is to, or this is how I behave. The goal is to then right. be move beyond that. Uh, where I think in so much too of our culture of, of wanting to be angry at this and angry at that, we we are are reluctant to say you know what yeah I'm 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 screwed up in this area, um, because then right then it then yeah we're defensive and and you know we get defensive and even um, and some of that even is um, um, biological and how our brain is actually designed to protect our beliefs like your brain or you know wants to protect your beliefs even if the belief is harmful to you and harmful to other people and so again that's why we have to be aware we have to be made aware of how how we think you know i in the book i say that we are neuroplasticians so we are the beings who get to we can think about how we think and therefore we're not just these byproducts of our you know nurturing (laughs) but we actually have some agency and some autonomy to rewire our brains and you know and that and we also know that from romans 12 and 2 that we can um, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We have that capacity and capability. We just need to be encouraged to exercise it. Right. <laughs> well, Dr. Mary, it has been a, a, a true pleasure to both meet you and, uh, and to have you on, on the podcast. And um, there's so much that we could get into, which, which means <laughs> that a request to, to have you back on. Okay. But, uh, but thank you so much. And where can individuals find out more about you and the work yeah. that you're doing? Right. So the place with the most information, I think, is brownicity.com. That's brownicity.com. And then um, I'm on Instagram. I love Instagram. Brownicity is on all the social media <laughs> channels. So that's where you can all find right. it. All right. Well, thank you all again for, uh, for listening and, and watching uh, the Rock Nation Real Talk podcast. Thanks so much.